Hello, Artisan. My name is Danny, and I've been with you for about six months. By this time, I should be getting to know your faces and your names, and I'm not. And so, in a strange sort of way, I'd like to say how much I miss you. What could have been, I hope will yet be. A walk and a thought, finding the true God, reflections on 1 John. I walk out into the dark night like so many times before when I have felt this way. I'm wearing a long coat to keep me warm all over, my collar up high against the wind. I take these walks from time to time when I'm worried, when I'm sad, when I'm wondering whether I need to think or when I need to start over again to get back to real, that some kind of ground zero. This time it's COVID, feeling cut off, frightened for those at so much risk. I'm stressed about the decisions I make. How might they affect others, even drastically? I admit I worried about the election this last month and the mortgage over the years. Now I worry about my kids. Sometimes their lives so interwoven with mine, with mine can be so complicated. And the grandkids, especially the one with very special needs. And the other three, too, I just noticed just as much. They know too much. They see too much. They will have too much coming at them. As I turn a corner to avoid the wind head on, the first raindrops hit my cheeks, dapple my glasses. Bob Dylan's raspy voice starts to run through my head. I hadn't known he was coming on this walk with me. I had just recently listened to him, and now I hear his words as if he's here in the wind with me. Been thinking it all over, and I've thought it all through. I've made up my mind to give myself to you. No one ever told me it's just something I knew. I don't think I can bear to live my life alone. If I had the wings of a snow-white dove, I'd preach the gospel, the gospel of love. A love so real, a love so true. I knew you'd say yes, I'm saying it too. I've made up my mind to give myself to you. Is that what this walk was set up for? A making up my mind walk with Jesus? A chance to reset the giving of myself to him for the thousandth first time again? It's that easy, just give myself to him. Jesus' silent voice suddenly on me. Like a surprise running, tackling hug from a friend I didn't know was coming up from behind. Like a spontaneous kid from a grandchild alternately loving his fluffy monkey and his grandpa just for the joy of it all before lying down to sleep. Is that what love is? Is this God's spirit coursing through my being against the wind? Is this what it is now, this walk, this life? But what do we do with the fear? What do we do with the loneliness? What do we do with the unsettledness, the disorientation, the hard wondering? What are they? Maybe they're just the juxtaposition to the hugs, the kisses, the guerrilla warm thoughts, 
the love still everywhere within what I sometimes so easily forget. Just give me one thing I can hold on to. To believe in this living is just a hard way to go, sings John Prine. So I read the little book, First John, a bunch of times. Five chapters, not so long. Sometimes I found it hard slogging. My brain found it hard to follow the sentences. Words piled up and got jumbled. It was all, though, at the same time, so clear. So cerebral, so opaque, so transparent. And then suddenly so easy to get, to nod to. Yep, that's it. Because in its essence, it's just commentary about God's love. And there's no just just to that. Love is what bleeds out of Jesus and his stories. It's all about love. That's what it is. Love and God, let's get that straight. That's what this book is about. Let's not worry so much about right beliefs and doctrines and principles and more about what it means. That's what we need. More about what it means here and now, this love. Certainly it means God and love entwined into one entity. Plus, it has a task. God's love is turning Shakespeare's, the play's the thing wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king on its head. And hearing Jesus on the hillside, teaching in the temple, speaking miracles, handing out bread, making walk, stopping blood, sending pigs running, rubbing kids' heads, empowering abused women, in effect saying, it's love that'll catch the imagination of humankind. Hallelujah, it's all about love. I'm by the river now, and I'm trying to decipher the words roiling my mind. I don't know whether the words are touching me the deepest, in my body, in my mind, or in my soul. I do know the word is shouting love and whispering love. Words that touch my hand, like a hand on my arm in the rain when my mom died. Words that touch like an arm around my shoulder in the wind when my dad passed. Words causing emotion like the uneasing grinningness on my wedding day and the glimpses of them every day since and still even in the tough days as much as in the easy good ones. John in the book and then Nelson tell us, God is love. We see this most clearly in Jesus. In Christ, we become God's love. So the most important word in this living is love. And Jesus is love in a word. He is the word love. Speaking action words of love into my ears in so many ways. Words that bleed into my heart, making me brand new over and over and over. So I walk with him through night and day making me to know that I am never alone, knowing I would not have had to feel so abandoned. The fear would not have needed to be such a companion, for I am not alone. And what's more, in my unaloneness, I am loved spectacularly. The word and the words are connecting me to Jesus from whence I came. They swirl around me, they fall on me, they pull me back from that sin that rankles, that interferes, that distracts, and causes one to forget one's source of being. The word in his words are so attractive, 
one wants to just grab and hold on because he's touched our perfect bodies with his mind, a noted singing poet once said. And the truth is that there is no doubt that I can be bold and free on these rocky roads, sometimes seeming like a grind too steep, and that there will clearly be the occasional easy downhills. Looking out to the horizon, I see a stunning ocean surface reflecting the sunset, the two in mirrored beauty, sea and sky, like Jesus in me, like Jesus in you, no line between, glued by love. Hear John recite our text for today. 1 John 5, 13 to 15, and then 20 and 21. He says, My purpose in writing is simply this, that you who believe in God's Son will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life, the reality and not the illusion, and how bold and free we then become in his presence, freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. And if we're confident that he's listening, we know that what we've asked for is as good as ours. And we know that the Son of God came so we could recognize and understand the truth of God. What a gift. And we are living in the truth itself, in God's Son, Jesus Christ. This Jesus is both true God and real life. Dear children, be on guard against all clever facsimiles. Jesus' spirit whispers at first in our soul ears, and then his spirit in our spirit confirms that truth. And it seeps from our souls into our bodies, water and blood commingled. With the knowledge that true God and real life are wrapped in love, imbued with love and leak love, and he and us together are a unity in love. Jesus, by his very nature, is perpetually creating us in union with himself, in his spirit, in his teaching, heard and embodied, in his death and his resurrection remembered, he is making his loving home in us as we make our responsive home in him. I think Tom Waits gets it, whether he knows it or not, in a raspy invitation reflecting Christ. Come on up to the house. Oh, you're crying, do, don't do no good. Come on up to the house. Come down off the cross, we can use the wood. You gotta come on up to the house. There's no light in the tunnel, no irons in the fire, come on up to the house. And your singing lead soprano in a junk man's choir, you got to come on up to the house. Does life seem nasty, brutish, and short? Come on up to the house. Waits House, I believe, is a fitting metaphor for an invitation to a living, love connection with Christ and all that he has made and is in. In my ear, Richard Rohr adds his words with scripture. The Judeo-Christian creation story says that we were created in the very image of likeness of God, who is love. Our family of origin is divine. It is saying that we were created by a loving God to be loved to, in the world. We do have a good place to go home. Love is the essence of who we are and how we are called to treat one another. When we live out that truth of love instead of the lie and human emotion of fear, we will at last begin to live. 
Love is our foundation, he continues, and love is our destiny. It is where we come from and where we're headed. Remember, faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest of these is love. God's love is planted inside each of us as the Holy Spirit, who, according to Jesus, will teach us everything and remind us of all that he has told us. Love is who we are in him. Nothing compares to God's love. Reach for it. Cling to it like you would a life raft. Stand in its bow like you would in a pleasure craft. I turn into the cul-de-sac near my home. It's a head on my left dwarf beneath long, tall, swaying trees, three, four times the height of the house. I'm facing directly into the wind now, but it's easier to move than before because of the conversation I've just been having. Why is it easier? Because I've come home. Because I'm home again. Home in the lap of the real love of the true God at rest. But ever in the walk of the renewal of all things with Jesus, living out his lessons of love in and through and for me. Thank you, Jesus.